Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, choir, trio. Thank all of you for worshiping this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. This is where we'll begin. I'll be sharing a couple of scriptures with you. No doubt a familiar passage. Hebrews chapter 9. We'll look at verse 27. I'd like to share a sermon that I've entitled, Man's Final Appointment. Man's Final Appointment. Hebrews chapter 9, uh, verse 27. As we read from God's infallible, inspired word, inerrant word, would you stand while we read his word, please? We'll read Hebrews 9. We'll look at verse 27. God's word says, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. May we pray. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come into your house to worship and now to, to read your word and apply your word to our hearts and lives. Be with me, I pray, as I share. May I share your word in the right spirit. May your Holy Spirit take your word and, Lord, apply it to each heart that's here today, including my own. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done uh, on the cross at Calvary, that one day we'll be changed, we'll be with you forever. Those who have put their faith, trust in you for their salvation, we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and please be seated. Oh, first of all, let me thank you for attending our homecoming and decoration worship service. Our first homecoming celebration was held on July the 2nd, 1927, that's almost 91 years ago. And later the church was given the property for a cemetery. And then we began to have homecoming slash decoration. Homecoming, a time for, for people who had moved off perhaps to gain employment up north or somewhere to come back home and visit with family and friends and to attend church and to enjoy dinner on the ground and then listen to singing in the afternoon and just have a good time being with each other. But the day also included decorating the graves with, with uh, live flowers and artificial flowers. And doing so, it was a memorial uh, to our family and friends who had departed this earth in death. And uh, as you walk through the cemetery out there, yesterday I drove around, I walked through the cemetery a couple of times during the week, and as I walked through that cemetery... I was just reminded, as we all are when we walk through a cemetery, we're confronted with the certainty mentioned in Hebrews 9, verse 27. And that certainty is this. As it is appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. So notice we have an appointment. We have an appointment. Now, we have appointments. Perhaps nearly every day we have some kind of appointment. But... Uh, uh, at times, we feel like we need to cancel those appointments. We're not able to keep those appointments. But the Bible teaches that there is one appointment that all of us will keep. It's found there in Hebrews 9, 27. For it's appointed unto men once to die. So we may anticipate certain things to happen in our lives that never happen. But there's one thing that we know that's going to happen. We know that we're going to die. Death is certain unless Jesus comes prior to our time of death. I've discussed uh, over the years death with a number of people talking about death, and 
I, I found out just in brief discussions that people really don't like to talk about death. They don't like to think about death. Uh, they feel uncomfortable when you begin to talk about death. They think that this life is just going to end one day and it will end in a very peaceful way, in a peaceful and a good time, perhaps in the latter years of our life. And we think that we have several years left in our life. And, but it, all, it, it doesn't always end that way. Uh, we may spend our time, uh, the majority of our time, perhaps unknowing to us at this time, maybe uh, on a sick bed, maybe uh, laying in bed for a number of years, not able to move, not able to talk, perhaps. We may spend our lives, perhaps, uh, uh, just um, living a good life, perhaps, but then at a certain time in older years, in our senior years, then we'll leave this walk of life, we'll die. We don't know when that time's going to be. It may be today. You may die today. I may die today. Everything's going good right now, but you may walk outside and, and all of a sudden just drop dead. You may pull out in front of a vehicle and be hit. I was talking to Jason Hester before the service, and he was sharing how he and his family were coming home last night, and all of a sudden there was a car on his side of the road, and it looked as though they were going to hit head-on coming up by on 243 down by the airport. And, and, and by the grace of God, they, they missed a head-on collision, looked as though it was going to be a head-on collision, and the car went airborne, traveled several feet in the air before, for, before it came to a stop. And just in a moment, his whole family, perhaps, and those that were in his vehicle could have left this walk of life in death. We don't know when we're going to die. It's uncertain when we're going to die. It's uncertain how we're going to die. But there's one thing for certain we know that we're going to die. Now, very few people make preparation for the only thing that we know is for certain. I appreciate uh, uh, the choir singing just a moment uh, ago about making sure our preparation's made. Have you made preparation? So to me, not to make preparation is really not a wise thing, not to make preparation for death. To me, there's a brain disconnect there in the minds of people for the thing that they know is absolutely certain they make no preparation for. They just think they're going to get up every day and they're going to live through the day and go through the next day. They think one day they're going to retire. You know, we, we make plans for certain things. We plan for our house. We'll make plans for a new house. We'll make plans for a house. We'll make plans for children. We'll make plans for educating our children. We'll make plans for retirement through, uh, you know, through the 401K and through the stock market, and we make sure we're getting ready to retire. But there's no guarantee you're going to retire. You know, there's no absolute about retirement. It's not certain that you're going to retire. But it is certain that you're going to die. I remember Judy had an uncle that was preparing to retire. He was 62 years old and couldn't wait to get his first retirement check. Do you know that he died after he, uh, a week, I guess, after he turned 62? And they sent his check, and they had to return that check. He never drew his retirement check. They had to send it back. So we just take for granted life is just going to go on forever. So the question is, have you made preparation have you prepared for that day? You know, that day's coming. We can look out in a cemetery and see loved ones and friends and neighbors and acquaintances who met their appointment. 
our day is coming. There's one thing that we can't do, and that is we can't stop that day from coming. It's going to come. It's going to come. You say, well, Brother Sammy, I'm not going to think about it. Well, not thinking about it is not going to change one thing about the day coming. You say, well, I'll just deny it. Well, denying is not going to change about that day coming. Postponing it. You say, well, I'll just try to postpone it. You can't postpone that day. You say, well, maybe it'll be in my senior years. I think I'll live to my senior years. Maybe you're a teenager and you're thinking that, well, teenagers die. They really do. Children die. Kids die. Young adults die. Middle-aged adults die. Senior adults die. And so the point is, it's absolute certain that one day you're going to die. I'm going to die. But notice Hebrews 9, verse 27, what it says. It says, it's appointed unto man once to die. Unto man once to die, and after death, the judgment. And so although life leaves the body, it's not over. It's just the beginning. Something else takes place. We move out of the body. The body's placed into the ground. Our soul goes in one or two directions. So the question is, a very pointed question, are you ready to die? When you die, it's not over. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Now, uh, you didn't create death. I didn't create death. Death didn't come up on us because we did something. But uh, death was here before you and I even showed up. And death's going to be here when you and I are taken out of this old planet, out of this world. Death is the result of man's rebellion against God when man sinned against God. And so we're going to die. And so death was passed upon all men, the Bible says, because all have sinned. So death is here. Get used to it. Death is a fact. Death is going to happen. Death is a fact. Something, something that we have to deal with. But we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. And for most people, they don't prepare for it. But it's the only thing you know for certain is going to happen to you in your life. Unless the Lord comes back, you're going to die. So the question is, have you made provisions for death? Are you ready? Are you ready for death? Now, I'm not talking about prearranged funeral plans. That's good to have. I'm not talking about what funeral home you're going to use or, you know, what, who's going to officiate and who's going to sing and what music are, are, you going to, are you going to use or have you picked out your plot? Have you picked out your lot? People think about doing those things, but I'm talking about the moment that your soul leaves your body and you're going to leave planet Earth. Are you ready for that? Have you prepared for that? Have you prepared for that? Now, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, sin and Satan is going to keep you in the mindset where you think that you're going to live forever. Perhaps you're making plans to do something great and big. And you think you're going to live forever. We don't know that. We have no idea. But we do know that death is coming. And it may be closer than you think. May be closer than you think. I remember my dad preached a sermon on Sunday. You know what he preached on? He preached on death. You know what happened? He died on Thursday. I got a copy of his sermon. I'm thinking God spoke to him. He pre but you know, he was ready to go. I may die today. I don't know. But I'm ready to go. I've made preparation by trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. So you may be dead. You may be dead next month. You may be dead next week. You may be dead tomorrow. 
So the most real thing you can talk about in rea- as far as reality goes is death. It's going to happen. Nothing can alter that fact. You're going to die. So the question is, are you ready to die? The Bible says man's final appointment is death. Hebrews 9.27 Death is certain. But not only is death certain, if you take a note, jot this down. There's a journey after death. You know that? You're not just going to die, but you're going to take a journey after death. Look, if you will, at Luke chapter 16, a familiar passage. We'll look at verse 22. Luke 16, verse 22. Should be on the screen. The Bible says in red letters, Jesus is saying this, telling, sharing with his disciples. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man died also, and he was buried. Now, there's a difference in death of the body and the existence of a soul. Do you see where they're separated here? You have the death of a body. The Bible says that the the beggar died. That's the separation of the soul and body. And the rich man died. That's the separation of the soul and body. And so you have a separation of the soul from the body. Verse 22. Verse 22 says he died. He said the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. So he's gone on a journey. He's left his body behind. His soul's gone on a journey. He's going to be with Father Abraham. He's gone to heaven. He's gone to heaven. Then he says the rich man also died. And he was just buried. He died, his soul separated from the body, and he was buried. But it goes on in verse 23, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. He went on a journey. So you got two going on a journey, one going into Father Abraham, the other one going into hell. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a statement he makes in verse 23 we really need to pay particular attention, close attention to, he says in verse 23, and in hell, speaking of the rich man, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Uh, Some translation says he looked up. But the literal meaning is that in hell he lifted up his eyes. It, It was kind of a shocking moment for him. He thought he'd be anywhere but hell when he died. In hell he lifted up his eyes. He died. Now, we don't know how he died. He might have got sick. He might have got struck down. might have had an accident. We don't know how the rich man died. Evidently, God didn't think that was important. Jesus telling uh, about the rich man Lazarus, and uh, I mean the poor man Lazarus, uh, and, and the rich man. He, he didn't seem it important to tell us how the rich man died. He just said he died. The point is the rich man died, and they buried his body. But in hell, he went on this journey, and in hell, suddenly he lifted up his eyes. He's in hell. He just kind of looks around. Point being, he's still around. Body in the grave, he's still around. Body decaying, he's still around. And notice, he lifted up his eyes. The Bible says, being in torment. So the point is, he lifted up his eyes. He took in, if you will. He took in where he was. Just kind of... Can't believe it. I can't imagine this. And so after his soul left the body, he realized the fact where he was. My, what a shock. Can you imagine that? What a horror must have fled over him. Just how, what a, Can you imagine the horror? All of a sudden realizing that you're in hell. 
Now, he may have been an atheist. You know, he didn't believe in hell. He may, he didn't even believe, he may have been an atheist, didn't believe in hell, didn't believe in heaven, didn't believe in God. But now he's lift, lifted up his eyes and he's in hell. He may have been a, a, a good man, may have been a moral man, a self-righteous man, a religious person, may have been, knew the law, may have been a, I don't know. But he's in hell. But regardless of what he was, there came a time in his life where he lifted up his eyes. Now, do you understand the horror that's going to flood your soul when you're thinking you're not going to hell and you're in hell? That's what happened to him. You're in hell, nothing around you but damnation, nothing around you but sorrow, nothing around you but, but burning in hell. You know, hell is hot. By the way, Jesus taught more about hell than he did about heaven. Hell is a real place. Hell is hot. Jesus called, Jesus called it hell fire. To kindly separate this idea that hell is the grave, Jesus referred to it in Matthew during the, uh, the, uh, the, the Beatitude, hell fire. It's, it's a hot place. It's, it's flames in hell. I visited a business this week and, and walked in, and they were, they were spraying paint and baking, baking a base and baking, baking paint on this furniture. And it was 500 degrees in that paint of it. And I stood next to that, and I could see those, I could see those chairs and those garbage cans going into that paint oven at 500 degrees. Can you imagine that? Hell's hotter than that. And you'll have the devil to teach you and try to persuade you that hell's not hot, that hell's the grave. You got some that preach that. Some people boast and they brag that when I die, I mean, just throw me in a ditch somewhere. I'm just like a dog. I don't amount to anything. Listen, your body's precious to God. That's why he's going to raise it up out of the grave. Keep that in mind, what you do with your body. I don't know what the culture's teaching, I don't know what the culture's doing, but I know what Jesus says and how precious he thinks your body is. It's precious to him, and he's going to bring it forth and create a new body out of it. You see, death is over. Remember, death is over. That's when the body separates, but you're still alive, and you have a journey to take. And to realize after all your bragging and that you're in, that, that you're in a place that you can't do anything about, that's what happened to this man. He lifted up his eyes in a place called hell. Now, let me share this. Earth's finest go to hell. You have kings and queens and popes and nuns and preachers and evangelists and the wealthy, the poor, the gifted, the privileged, the, the actors, the authors, the athletes, the musicians, the rap stars, the rappers, President, Supreme Court, justice, politicians, thieves, atheists, murderers, drunkards, the list goes on and on, simply meaning Christ-rejecting people go to hell. The point is anyone who chooses to, re to uh, reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior after death will take a long journey to hell. So first, there's a certainty of hell. Then there's a journey after death without Jesus Christ to hell. But then I'm going to close with this, not to close on a down note, but you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. The journey, the journey to hell is, is a choice that you make. 
The good news, you don't have to go to hell. That's why John 3.16, the one that we quote so often, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, today we have preachers that preach this thing called a prosperity gospel. We have them preaching and they teach that Jesus Christ, they, they, they teach that if you will trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and plant some seed money into their ministry, that God will bless you with a new car, or He might bless you with a new house, or He'll bless you with a job, or He'll bless you with more money. Friend, listen, Jesus Christ did not leave the portals of heaven, come to earth, die on the cross, so that you can drive a new car or build a new house. Believe me. He didn't come to earth for that. He came to earth, suffered the, hu the humiliation of a cross, suffered the pain of the cross, hung on the cross, shed His blood from the cross as a supreme sacrifice. He was buried. He arose again on the third day. He's coming again. And He did all of that, not that you could drive a new car or have a new house, but He did that to keep you out of hell. That's why He did it. He suffered the horror of the cross to keep you and me from suffering the horror of hell. So the sacrifice of the Son of God was to keep you out of hell. You say, Brother Sammy, I don't want to go to hell. Well, that's the first step. If you don't want to go to hell, today you can take a journey, not to hell, but you can take a journey to the cross. Everywhere you look in this room, you'll see the cross. You'll see the cross behind me. You'll see the cross in front of me. You'll see the cross at the Lord's Supper table. The windows have a cross. The doors have a cross. The focal point is the cross. If you'll look close in the chair you sit sitting in, you'll see a little tiny cross in the fabric. It's about the cross. If you'll take a journey to the cross, I promise you, based on God's Word, you will never take a journey to hell. You'll take a journey to heaven. You'll have the assurance, you'll have the comfort to know that when death comes, your journey is not going to be to hell. It's going to be to heaven. And there's only one person that can keep you out of hell. Let me say it this way. There's only one name that can keep you out of hell. It's not a Baptist name. It's not a Methodist name or a Church of Christ name or the Catholic name or the Mormon name or the Jehovah's Witness name. It's not the baptism name or the Lord's Supper name. The only name that can keep you out of hell is the name Jesus Christ. The Bible says it this way, Neither is there salvation in any other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said it this way, If any man come to me, I'll no wise cast out. We're told in the book of Romans, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's a certainty of death. So are you ready? Certainty. It's going to happen. One out of one is going to die. It's going to happen. Then there's a journey after death without Christ to hell. Then there's a journey after death with Christ to heaven. Kyle sang about it. Beautiful song. One day, one day we're going to see him face to face. One day we'll see the one who gave us this grace. One day, one day we're going to see him. No song we used to sing. I'm going to close with this. 
old song we used to sing makes a lot of sense to what this message is all about. It says, I must needs go home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I shall ne'er get sight of the gates of light if the way of the cross I miss. Friend, you don't miss the cross. I must needs go home on the blood-sprinkled way, the path that the Savior trod, if I ever climb to the heights sublime where the soul is at home with God. Then I, I bid farewell to the way of the world, to walk in it nevermore. For the Lord says, Come, and I seek my home where he waits at the open door. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It's sweet to know as I onward go that the way of the cross leads home. If you want to go to Jesus, you go by the way of the cross. And you begin that way today. If you've never trusted him, what name you trust in him? Is it the name of Jesus? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father, i.e., no one goes to heaven except by me. I don't know what way you're on, what road you're on, what name you're, you're using, but if you miss Jesus, you're going to miss heaven. But it starts at the cross, at the cross, at the cross, where my Savior died. That's where it starts. Come to the cross, choose Jesus, as our trio sang about. Message is everywhere today. You have no excuse. The only thing you can be certain for, a certain about, you need to prepare for and do that today. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had just to focus upon a verse we've heard perhaps I don't know how many times, but yet we realize today there's an appointment that we're all going to keep. And, Lord, we have to prepare for that appointment, and that's death. It's certain. And, Father, if, if, if we fail to prepare at death, we leave the body behind. We take a journey without you. We take a journey with you. And so the decision to, to, to take that journey with you begins today. I pray for each person here. Lord, I don't want to see anyone go to hell. I want my family go to hell. Just a few minutes ago, as Cal sang about one day, the greatest thing that could happen is all of our family would be together. One day, one day in heaven. So, Father, I pray today. I've done, I've done what I can do, and, Lord, I pray your Spirit work in the hearts of people. Speak to those who are guests here today, perhaps. Speak to those who attend here regularly. Speak to whomever, Lord, that needs to know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that today they would turn from their sin and they would turn to you and trust you and only you for their soul salvation and that they'll begin today and they'll make that preparation today, Lord, as they prepare for the one thing we know is certain, and that's death. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand together and sing a familiar hymn. going to be led by, uh, I think, Kyle and... Uh, Justin, let's stand together as we sing. Um